Greetings, you vexing velociraptors. We have returned. It's David. Grant will be here post-intro. Welcome back. Post-show number 83. God, that is just marching forward, huh? Um, we are brought to you by The Comic Book Shop at 128 Bank Street in Ottawa or thecomicbookshop.com. Shop spelt S-H-O-P-P-E, the French way. Um, you can find their Instagram as well at comicbookshopbank. Hit them up. Tell them we sent you. We appreciate their continued support of the show. All right, what do we talk about this week? Demon Slayer, Season 3, Episode 9, probably biggest episode of this current season, and seems to have people divided a little bit. We talk about said division and weigh in with our unique and um, experienced takes, vexing palettes. I just wanted to say vexing again. Um, okay, Hell's uh, Paradise episode 9. Grant's finally caught up on that. About time. Talk a lot about that. And then we get into a whole like discussion about MAPPA and their production schedule. So, you know, just be prepared for that. We talk about the news. There's a couple interesting things worth mentioning. Vinland Saga season 2 episode 22. That's like the big one. Um, I think that the show's been building to it for a while and I'm glad that we were able to talk about it. Then, of course, Grant has finally, finally caught up on Heavenly Delusion. We're up to episode 10, so we talk about that and also the whole season so far, slash series. And we close on Gundam. Grant wants to talk about Gundam, which for Mercury, he has all the, he has a sales pitch, he came with notes, he has a PowerPoint presentation. He's trying to get me back on this. I'm probably going to watch it because I'm a good friend, or at least I'll say I tried. Um, anyway, um, enjoy the show. Grant, you may hit the music. Psycho season one, two, three, four. Oh, hey there, Grant. Hello, Dave. Konnichiwa, senpai. How are we doing? I am swell. How are you? Good. Feels weird doing this a day early. (laughs) Yeah, but we didn't, you know, the audience didn't know that through the magic of scheduling they never would have known if until you blew our cover well they're gonna know the energy is gonna be off monday energy is significantly (laughs) different than tuesday energy (laughs) that's a good way good thing to get out early it's like hey if we sound like we're upset it's because we are yeah well i'm like walking in the door you know shower pod so (laughs) well okay here's my question i do have a beard though so that's the one thing breaking me out of work mode nice here's the question i have for mondays or or Mm. mondays versus tuesdays in general like today it's been a, been a particularly busy Monday for you, but in general, do you prefer Mondays to Tuesdays or vice versa? So I traditionally have Mondays off, so I'm already a cranky boy over that. So mm-hmm. I had, you know, so I was working on my day off. Uh, so Tuesdays are normally like my Monday, mm-hmm. but there's like just like a different. Uh, it doesn't feel like your regular Monday. You know how mm-hmm. people say, "Oh, like it's in the Mondays." Like Tuesday, like it never feels like that for me, but. I associate Monday as like peak relaxation, getting shit done. So I don't yeah, know. Your like, Monday is like my Sunday. Yes, exactly, hundred percent. Yeah. But see, so my Tuesday, like, I guess in my head I've turned it into this thing where I'm prepared for Monday, mm. and it's like I know that sounds silly, but it's not that I know it's gonna suck. I just know the routine so well. Mm. I know like I'm gonna have like a steady few straight few hours of work. Before I can mm. take my foot off the gas a little bit, it, there will be chaos. Mm. Who knows? But, like, it's prepared chaos. Like, I know it's sure. happening and I'm ready for it. The Tuesday problem is, like, all of that 
chaotic stuff for Monday is done, but it's mm. still super early in the week. Sure. So I always, I think inevitably every Tuesday, I always end up like looking at the calendar and going, ugh, it's only Tuesday and this is happening. You know what I mean? Like, it's like in the early first half of the week, so I'm pissed off about that. Well, Tuesday to me kind of feels like, you know, it sucks, but like it's still, you're still fresh. You mm. know, Wednesday is like the real ugly rear, and then Thursday is like, get me out of this place. Yeah. You know? But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. I, I've always treated like my, you know, my Monday, Tuesdays in quotations as like, you know, everyone's got the grumpiness out from the previous day. Mm. So it's like, oh yeah, like going in on that Tuesday, it's like kind of nice. Like everyone's like not grumpy, you know, I don't know. You, you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, I do. people don't understand what I'm getting at. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining our uh, <laughs> day of the week segment. Uh, come back next week. We're going to do Thursday, Friday. Mm. So look forward to we that. We might talk weather too. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, you know what I, <laughs> I mean, you brought this up, so I'm going to mention it now. I don't know what was in my brain i don't know what was happening to me but i found mm. in my notes this morning like as i was preparing for the for the show i was looking at the news feed notes from like all the stuff that happened that we will get to over the last week you know what i wrote in them what? i don't know if i wrote this because i was i don't know going for a different note or texting it to someone or in my whatever state i was in i thought this would be like rel- like relevant news to bring up but it's like news about oppenheimer the Spider-Man movie, and then it's in my notes. It says, uh, "This June second was the hottest in recorded history in Ottawa." <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes to like bat, like DCU stuff. Yeah, uh, I was like, I don't know if that's like a very middle age-ish moment I experienced, like maybe a premonition for what's to come. Well, but I don't, I don't like that I wrote that. The version of myself that did that, I don't like that. If there's anything we love in the modern age, it's just a reminder that our planet is slowly catching fire. It's so, true, eh? It's just one of those things. It's like, ah, yes, that's my, you know, my a, reminder for the week or the month. There's a full-on smog warning here today. I don't know yeah. if, uh, where you, if you got any of this. I was working in your neck of the woods today, and mm-hmm. on my way back, it was very smoggy. I was like, oh, that's weird. Unreal. <laughs> I thought it was yeah, bugs. It's a fires and stuff. Locusts. Um, yeah, <laughs> the plague <laughs> cometh. <laughs> Um, okay, speaking of plagues, let's talk about Demon Slayer. Let's talk. Season 3, episode 9. So I feel like, there's your spoiler warning, mm. um, that there's a lot to say about this, um, about this episode, and it feels like people are in one of two camps. Yeah. And we'll talk about those camps in a minute, but first I want to ask, what, what did you think of this episode? <laughs> um, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very good as a whole... I do feel incredibly underwhelmed uh, mm-hmm. with the first half. Um, so, you know, and we're going to get into that. So I don't, I don't want to stay on it too much. But I think the second half, or even like the last third, mm. I thought was very good. Um, I think, but that was just more the excitement of like, you know, the love of Shira is finally getting her, right, her spotlight. Uh, but what about you? What was uh, kind of yeah. your overall feelings? So, yeah, it sounds like you were... Just to bounce off you, like it sounds like you were more excited for the setup between Upper Four and the Love Hashira than you enjoyed the Tokyo Yoko yeah. fight. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not that. Um, I don't know. It's just the like, you know, we love Demon Slayer for many many reasons, right? But mm-hmm. you know, when they really have that 
almost like when it speeds up in the animation and the fight scenes, but like there's that very coherent fluidity. Like we, we talked about that before. Like, you know, that, you know, you look back to the Gitaro fight with Tangan and all that. Like some of those shots should not be trackable. And I think right. that's like where the show, uh, even like above, like a step above the animation as a whole, it's just everything is so easily tracked at the speed that it goes. That's a really good observation. And in the second half of the episode, you know, when the, you know, the Love of Shira stuff kind of came around, uh, you know, we're going to be spending more time with her, so I'm sure I'll learn her name, but um, just Mid-city, that fluidity was, you know, yeah, uh, was just very present, whereas yeah. it wasn't with the Tokido stuff sure. as much, you know, like it was still like heightened animation, yeah. but it was very... Means, so specifically from like an animation kind of choreography standpoint or just tracking, yes. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know, it just, it felt like one felt like Sakuga and then one felt like Sakuga Plus. Good point. That's, yeah. No, that's a good way of saying it. So, yeah. Um, my thoughts is or my thoughts are that I liked it. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was a good episode, better than average. I would say I was like, I don't know, mostly pleased with the upper five uh, Murichiro Tokido f- fight and its mm. conclusion. Yeah, I have nitpicks. Um, I will say just quickly on the Lefashira thing. Like, yeah, I thought her entrance was fantastic. Mm. Um, the theme. They busted yeah. out for her was like excellent, really excellent, great, excellent, excellent. and it's I love that you called out the tracking because I remember specifically being like I wonder, like they gotta make her different, you know what I yes. mean? They have to every Hashira has to have their own thing going, and they've really like kind of I thought hamstrung the character by literally making the one girl the you know, the cliche right like the, sure yeah the one girl has to be the love Hashira and she has to be you know that whiny fan servicey type character like give me a little more depth and the the like her movement was like ballet choreography it was incredible it was the very cool yeah music was fantastic the it all it all kind of worked I, I was like you know what i think they're gonna pull this off with this character and i thought i genuinely in the moment really enjoyed the tokido fight yeah yeah, yeah. i i think and this is the two camps i was thinking about and i'm curious kind of where you fall it seems like the argument or the two sides of the two most popular perspectives of this story, uh, this arc, is either it was really great to see a Hashira finally dunk on an sure. upper moon and be like, yeah. you know what, this isn't that close. Mm. I got it. And, uh, you know, especially, like, you know, when you look at Tokido's backstory, how he's all, he's been a little blunt at times, mm. and he was kind of quick-witted, and, like, like, like I said, he was dunking on Gyoko. And that was, like, yeah. funny and... And... He got the kill kind of stylish, you know, stylish points one-on-one that hasn't been done before. That's a big deal. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the second perspective that seems to be popular, at least on Reddit and, and Twitter, is like, yeah, we kind of got more of the Tokido's backstory than we got to see of the Upper Five fight. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of whelming. Sure. It kind of mid by Demon Slayer standards. Because, you know... Yeah, associated word, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, like, that's yeah, just, yeah. you know... But uh, because, like, you know, Gyoko didn't take his pound of flesh or whatever. He didn't have multiple transformations. And every time he thought he was going to die, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't have as many twists and turns, I think, as we've seen historically with the uppers. Sure. So, which do you fall on? So... <sighs> My, okay, maybe I'll dissect that a little more. Because, like, the way I saw it as, like, the two camps is, is Tokido just of such a higher echelon than mm-hmm. the rest of the Hashiras? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, even an upper five, you know, even, you know, like, one step, technically one step. Because that's the thing, too. Like, we don't really know 
there is a, a semi-clear power balance on both sides. Yeah. You know, we have numbers and we have a rank that is deemed like, you know, essentially master level on the good guy side. And, you know, the rank, or, you know, the, yeah. the, the one to 12 or whatever. But we don't necessarily uh, know who's the best of the best of the Hashira. Exactly. Right? So it's a little more like incoherent on the good guy side, right? Like we just know that like, they've gotten into this role, they've earned it. But like, you know, people hold Rengoku to such a high standard and like, yeah. you know, like, Look at the struggle that Tengen had, you know, in Giyotaru and all, like, and all that. Like, I remember does it show him being lesser than that? But like, it's different yeah. styles and this and that. So I understand. I, I kind of took it as like they linked Tokido to the first breathing, which is like the big sign of like, okay, this guy knows his stuff. Yeah, more, maybe and, more so than everyone else. And he was given some uh, props by Tengen, like pre in season two. Remember, he was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's like a prodigy. Yeah, and like, because he, he went from like, you know no one to a Hashira in like such a short amount of time do you so, remember if it was two months or two years i honestly i think we asked this at the top of this season um but i i honestly don't recall it was a long time or it was but, a short time rather yeah exactly so like i said i think i'm more in that camp i just not that i wanted like i just i thought the setting itself was more the lackluster part of this kind of you know the the finale to the upper five like it was such a still background Damn, i'm not saying like everything point. has to be a huge not everything has to be such a huge set piece but at the same time it, it felt like they were nowhere it felt like they were just like in like uh you know like there's you know shrubbery and trees and they're in the forest and there, there was that nondescript dark environment it just it just felt like a generic like you know like a yeah. like an rpg random battle screen it's you know? interesting like it had no real character and i think that's where it's it just everything around them felt empty there's little things they right doing, they build up not. yeah but the environment yeah, yeah. So one is I a think, yeah. really good pick just because i just want to mention like when you especially when you think about the guitaro fight everything on fire yeah. innocent people being dragged into it like that was a that was Distance like was calamity. being used in a in a clear way, like you knew like their movement, like on one side of town versus the other. Like yeah. again, but that's the problem with forest, right? Like it can it can all look the same. Mm-hmm. But I think I think just it was like an unfinished painting. But you know the moments where they stepped it up, you know when you know he goes for the kill and the whole thing, like kind of him coming in and out of the mist. The thing I yeah. did not like that they drew attention to was, uh, uh, Gyoko is like, oh, it's like. It's like there's mist around me, and it's them kind of doubling down again on saying like oh, none yeah. of these powers actually exist, and that really irked me. Mm-hmm. It's like just just roll with it, you know. Like it's yeah, like, you it's don't like, have to like, do like that. almost wreck retcon the story a little bit, maybe you know, because you built this beautiful world of animation and you know elemental and supernatural powers and mat. You know, it's the thing I don't understand is if there can be demon magic in the world, why can't they have control of the elements to a certain extent? I don't know. It's it's such a minor hang up, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I it, in the moment when they drew attention to it, I flinched. I was like, "Oh, don't do that." Yeah, because it's in you know, the moment kind of breaking, jarring, right? You're kind of breaking the fantasy a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, because I yeah, I think that's just where I kind of sit. I I so I chalk it up to the camp of him just being a total G, and Gyoko not taking him seriously, and also being kind of caught up in his own you know, his machismo and, like, the artiste thing, which they really played up to a really, what you know, the upper five. Like, I really like how they played oh up, like, God. being that, in his head. and That guy had and, so much dialogue, dude. For such, you know, what is it, like, here for a short time but a good time kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, short, yeah. And I think he kind of nailed his time on the show. So, yeah. in that regard, you know, I'm not, I'm not super bummed. But I think just the overall 
spacing of it was not, you know, it wasn't as bombastic. Again, the season's not done. They they clearly are got focusing an hour on long four. finale, right? An hour long finale, and uh, so one more half hour, and then an hour long finale, right? So there's yeah. two more left. So yeah, we got some, we got some time. We do. I'm, you know, um, I, I will say, like, so I'm on your side, by the way. I thought it was cool. To, I the way I interpreted it was that Tokido was just levels above. Sure. Um, but like at the same time, yeah, there's definitely some validity that like this was probably not the most epic fight, mm. and Gyoko's demon design might have been my favorite so far like i thought his powers and when he revealed his true form all of it the powers the his obsession with art his Mm. mouth dude his eye teeth yeah and mouth mouth uh whatever mouth cheeks mouth eyes mouth eyes are disturbing every time like yeah his character design was extremely good his dialogue was good the voice acting performance was good so like yeah like all that was good i could have watched more of that fight like we talked yeah. about pacing yeah. there, there is a bit of a pacing issue right like for sure for it to be over so quick so i think that's bears repeating mm-hmm. i will say i loved how cold the, the the kill was though yes the what was the line dude what made you think you were the only one not taking this seriously he yeah. comes out of the mist sing. yeah and then he, yeah. and then he does the he busts out the trunks uh versus mecha frieza he dices them in the air to a hundred little pieces. I th- so I thought that was interesting because like were they setting up that that wasn't that tr- like what he uh, like that moment was not like the final kill and he did have to take it like a step further and like truly yeah, take it. I don't know. Good question. I don't know. I thought like maybe a Gyoko was gonna try to like restore himself in vain and like end mm. up burning himself out anyway. Sure. It could be that, or maybe he had a you know he had an ace up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. But either way, Tokido was so cold. He did not. He didn't fuck around to find out. You know what I mean? He's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm ending this now. And he I says, did... go to hell afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I the. Did... Sorry, I keep cutting you off. But the last thing no, is no. then the, the. I want to say the loading screen, the commercial break screen is him like licking blood off himself. <laughs> I was like, yo, yeah. let's go, dude. Yeah, he he unlocked like his uh, you know his mecha mode there. I it love was, that. Pretty sweet. So I I did like or how did you like the inversion of like the sad backstory of like not getting it of the upper moon but kind of <clears throat> getting a conclusion to Tokido's memories. I kind of like got him to this point. I thought that was refreshing. Intentional, whether it was intentional or not, I, I thought think, that was nice. I think it's also because Tanjiro couldn't touch him at his moment of death. Sure, Tanjiro might have insisted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like God, I'm I'm kind of. I'm excited, but also dreading, like, because I know we're going to f- go through the whole, you know, we're going to kill upper four eventually. Who knows how tough that'll be and what casualties. But, like, there's going to be a whole backstory because this guy has so many emotions in him. Mm. You know what I mean? They're, we're going to find out why. Like, it's going to be, like, another little special moment. But I'm excited for that fight. I am very excited for that. Um, more for, uh, I'm more excited for, to see the love of Shira and how she handles it mm. than I am excited about, like upper four itself you know what i mean gosh you know what i did like too the one one last thing is i was wondering why there was so much emphasis on like fish and sea creatures and mm. water he's for... a mermaid and yeah he was like or like a not he reminded me of like a naga from warcraft oh yeah oh my god yeah I yeah i think of that you know like a, an evil creature of the sea and i was like oh that's cool to see the theme like to see where the theme is coming from agreed you know in in the final moments there it was it was pretty cool Oh, and the also, snake skin too was a nice little touch coming snake out of the skin, yeah. Oh yeah, Ooh, that was creepy. Yeah. Um, nice touch about uh, bringing the Rengoku thing back. Oh, 
Never saw that coming. No, I me neither. I don't even remember that scene. I don't even remember that being handed off. I, I was damn okay. My question for you was going to be, yo, did they actually do that, or are they saying they did that? I th- no, I think I can't remember. It was in the Tanjiro training arc with uh, with, uh, with that the guy, kid, Kotetsu, the kid. Yeah. yeah. So I remember there being a handoff of some sort, but I genuinely don't remember it being the the you know the part of the sword. Be pretty lit. The he'll hill, have yeah. the fire. He'll have wait the fire Hashira's sword guard. Yeah, and, and the sword of a sun breather from however many years ago. Mm. Kind of yeah. neat. It almost looks like there's waves on it too. The yeah, blade that's being worked on. Are they flames or waves? But it looks neat. Yeah, it looked very cool. I'm so excited. I'm sure that's going to come in clutch it's like good. we predicted years. Like it feels like years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting busted out for sure. <laughs> um. Okay, you want to talk about Hell's Paradise? Let's do it. I'm all caught up. Yeah. So you've been off for a few weeks. I have a feeling that it looks or it uh, is a better binge. Am I right? Uh, yeah, exceptionally better binge. Yeah, week to week. I, so. I don't think the show falls flat, um, no. but I do feel like there's there's a lot of openness to it. You know, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of details maybe intentionally left out. It's very aloof. This this reeks of like old school shonen to me. Like there's gonna be more seasons. They're gonna drag this story out. Yeah. You know, this is not like you know like a one and done kind of thing. Like there's gonna be a yeah. bigger scope to this, and they're just. They're getting it done as they can, kind of thing. I think this is, might be a byproduct of Mappa doing everything, maybe too much. I I totally agree. I want to jump in there because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you, like, this is a fine show, yes. But does part of it, its animation, perhaps, or just how it, the execution, feel like a little uninspired? Like it could be mm-hmm. maybe a re- good, like good or great show, and it's something's not quite there. There is. I watched it back to back between Vinland Saga and this, mm-hmm. and Mappa does Vinland Saga, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, and everything else. Like, I, I just remember being like, "God, these shows look too similar." Like, sure, Hell's Paradise is supposed to be, you know, this crazy, vivid show, and I just felt like the a lot of the character design and a lot of like the angles and the colors, like, I just feel like I'm watching so much, so many Mappa productions lately mm. that they're kind of blending together. Sure. I'm a little nervous, frankly, for the Jujutsu Kaisen season two. There is a little apprehension kind of building in. I will say that because not like Vinland Saga has looked poor, no, nor has this. But like at least Hell's Paradise has color in like some, yeah. you know, like you were talking about, you know, the vivid, the vividness of it all. But yeah. um, what I kind of did do, or like the most recent episode, I don't know why it clicked for me then. Is I think the banger of an OP kind of ruins what the show is trying to do because the show is also trying to match that style of yeah. the, the op yeah. but it just it can't compare like you know because the ops are very high especially like, stylized and you know it's just like what they can do like the like acid trip of it all you know like, yeah. that's what the op kind of goes for that's what the show is like kind of going with but doesn't fully dedicate um uh, and, and it feels like you can feel them trying but they just don't yes. get there yeah vinland like, saga yeah too sometimes like it just feels like you know let's say Vinland Saga is one of the better shows of the year or whatever and I'm sure, sure it, it's gonna go Which down is. yeah it's gonna go down well right mm-hmm. um but like do you think there are a lot of people out there being like oh and it's animation is also you know like a nine mm-hmm. out of ten like I don't feel like I don't think anyone's saying that. no one you know what I mean that's not a take that people have no one is going no. oh can you believe the animation when Thorfinn was ripping out those weeds like but it's just confident. not 
in the it conversation. It is confident. That's like the nice thing. Like it's you know call it like you know. It like, is what you know. We're not calling it like great value brand animation or anything <laughs> like that. You know, like it's still it's competent and you know it does get yeah. the job done and it, it has exactly. its moments where it where it steps up. But like as a whole, it is very. You know, it's not bare bones, but it's, it's not standard. like you know, it's not a sports car either. You know? Yeah, it's I think just... it's better than most. I think Hell's Paradise has a unique art style yeah. that kind of maybe works to its advantage, but just that I find um, the sharpness of Hell's Paradise doesn't always work to Mappa's animation style. I find or art yeah. artistry style. Yeah, you know, they're kind of more a little more rounded shapes and you know, um, or rounded faces and kind of yeah. Like when we talk about. Yeah. Uh heavenly delusion later who does that do you know uh it's probably uh, production ig they did the earlier seasons of uh, high q dude those guys stuff. are doing some innovation you know what i mean like what we're gonna talk about there's a couple scenes i really want to talk about yeah, the last few episodes. Like, yeah. but anyway i just feel yeah. like it feels like hell's paradise in particular gets dragged into this conversation because it's so heavily promoted mm-hmm. and all the art for it like you said is kind of like crazy vivid beautiful colors and then you watch the show and it's like you're missing something like you're not quite mm-hmm. there in your execution but, I also think the problem is there's too... I think there's just too much. Like, if the cast was significantly smaller, which they have done, but I think they wasted too much time getting onto the island. Yeah. Because it feels like there's no real consequence of them being on the island at this point. Yeah. That's like kind of like my problem with the narrative, is this is just going to end in a crash. And I'm like, oh, we'll see you next season for part two, or, you know, second core coming in 2024. Like, that's just what I'm expecting with this. Yeah, same. And it's hard to feel exciting for the season finale, because... I feel like there's no, no consequences. Like we had some cool reveals. You know, Gabi Maro threw down with one of the uh, the Tensons. The Tenson, You know, yeah. that was like people are like kind of you know shooting their load online right now, and it's like everyone needs to relax. That was not that big a deal. <laughs> I found personally. No, that was like. But people are like, like oh, you know, best scene of the you know one of the <laughs> best animated scenes of the year, and it's like get no. real people. Like, you know, I don't know. It, it was. And it was just, it wasn't as exciting as, you know, people are kind of making it sound out to me. I'm I'm not trying to be a naysayer on Hell's Paradise, because I am really enjoying it. It's good, like, you know, snack food, I find, more than anything. Which, I don't want it to be that, but it kind of came out that way. No, it's funny, I agree with you. It's funny, because I remember watching this, these first few episodes, and I was like, yo, I bet this show's gonna slap, probably, especially Mm. in the fights, right? Because, like, the early build of the show is, like... It's showing his... Does he call it ninjutsu or just jitsu? Uh, Nimpo? Uh, ninja, ninjutsu, yeah. Yeah. Is jitsu? No, 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 jitsu. no I can't no, remember. No, but his powers it's... and the assassins and all mm. the fun character design, you're like, yo, when when the fights start, they're going to be really cool. And they, they had like some early action sequences that look pretty neat. Sure. And it's funny because I'm kind of going the opposite way where like I'm slowly getting more intrigued by the lore and the world building yes. more than I am the fight scenes. And there's a lot of fight scenes and like, I'm never like, I just haven't been blown away or like super stoked mm. on any of them. They, they probably went the hardest this episode. Episode nine is the yep. most recent, but like, I mean, the, the one, it was yeah. episode seven or eight where the blonde haired dude caught one against um, the Tenson, the same Tenson. Yeah. Eight, um, yeah. in the wood or yeah. in the woods and his masters there. I thought that was a pretty good, pretty good action set piece. Uh, probably, yeah. Probably that was the best until this one. And a really good uh, introduction for the Tenson. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you beat the bad guy, he's got to be bad. Yeah. He's got to fuck you but, up. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, you know, maybe maybe this is what MAPPA is interested in now. Like, the the worlds themselves and the stories that being to- told less so than, like, the action set pieces, you know? Yeah. Like, 
But like you know, I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. They, Lan and I watched a show that Mappa uh, did an adaptation of called uh, Campfire Cooking. Uh, I can't remember the full name, but it's essentially it's an isekai guy goes to you know the fantasy world and all that. And like this show was stunning, beautiful usage of colors. The like the, the you know every time every now and then like get into like an action sequence, and we were blown away at like the production of it all yeah and then you kind of come to you know these you know marketed as you know prestige shows in the anime sphere you know finland saga and you know to a certain degree hell's paradise there's a mm-hmm. lot of you know excitement oh, they, leading up to it dude, and neither of them neither of them have come close to anything we saw in this campfire cooking show it's unreal or again even, separate teams and this and that but like you know well that's the thing like even think about chainsaw man the treatment that yeah. show got like they made mm-hmm. they promoted that thing for years it was but, so far ahead and it looked but, it was one of their best works yet the the thing with chainsaw man was like that was their own money and investment in that yeah. was like the studio was in on that so like they had to make sure that yeah. it had the loving care that it needed this is potentially like you know like a grunt or you know contract work for the production company that wants this adapted or you know turn into yeah. vacation so maybe know, that's part of the problem right it's could it's very well be not all projects are treated equal and that's mm-hmm. becoming very clear there yeah, was a yeah. video about Mappa's production schedule that I'm sure we both watched and it had this whole bit about like so if this place is a hellscape to work at and everyone's overworked and tired and under you know over budget and under scheduled why was Jujutsu Kaisen season one so fantastic mm-hmm. and like the <laughs> the conclusion he comes to in the video is like well they kind of got lucky like it just sort mm-hmm. of the stars aligned it was the right team at the right time and the right place and they probably won't be able to do that for season two. Like, mm. lightning kind of struck. And it's it's just interesting. I'm not jinxing anything or predicting anything. But it is interesting that, like, upcoming season two in the next month, like, we're, we've learned it's a completely different team, completely different art style. Mm. And everyone's a little bit worried. Same you know director, I mean? though. Same director. So, like, there's director, big, yeah. big carryover. Which, so, anyway. But still. Curious. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Big map attention in the middle of Hell's Paradise. But, like... What? I don't know, man. I think the introducing the Tenson took long enough, but mm. I am interested now. I am glad I caught up. You know, like I, I, I do. I feel like you know, there's good conversations to come. You know, especially because you know, Succession has ended and Barry has ended. Yeah. You know, we we got some space to fill in. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I also caught up on Heavenly Delusion. Cause that's the thing too. So I caught up on four shows um, that I was very behind on uh, on my holidays. Um, Hell's Paradise being one, Heavenly Delusion, uh, you know, Gundam, Witch Mercury, and Ranking of Kings. And, like, the other three, I was, like, you know, jaw to the floor of, like, oh, my God, there is so much good anime on right now. Yeah. And then, like, I was, like, you know, catching up on Hell's Paradise. I'm, like, this is nice. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, like, it's just... But, yeah, it's, it's hard to be catching up on all these shows and seeing the others, like, firing on all cylinders... And Hell's Paradise is just like we're almost there, you know. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're chugging, we're chugging along. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. There is a, a little quote in the middle of the fight that I uh, took note of. The Tencent at one point um, says to Gabi Maru, he's talking about how tough he is. He goes, "Wow, mm. it's already tough. Maybe you've already." And then he sort of tra- trails off. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, I bet like that's Grant's prediction. Like I yeah. bet." Gabby Mars already had the elixir, mm-hmm. and they're gonna recognize that at some point. So, but the interesting thing to that is they kind of 
they also made a hint that the elixir is not like a one-time use thing. They have to continually yeah. use it. Maybe he got an early dose and it just made him not invincible because he's clearly mm. is taking wounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so he's probably not unkillable, but maybe that explains his like, you know, what the the, the buff that he does have. Well, like they tried to cut his head off and they couldn't. You know, they bur- tried to burn him alive. He wouldn't. Yeah, die. but remember when he met God, the girl from the Yamada clan? I can't remember. Is it mm-hmm. Sigiti? He yeah. did say immediately, he's like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, she can cut off my head. Mm. And she's a human, you know what yeah. I mean? He was like, ah, shit, all right. So, I don't know, maybe, you know, normal men or normal people couldn't, and I, I don't know. I might be reaching. We shall see. Not much. There's not much left, so three episodes? Yeah. There's a couple little lore bombs, like, um, the, they call it Tan, mm. the, uh, the elixir of life, and it's made from humans. That they yep. turn into flowers, so that's yeah. big. And all the trees that we saw were at one time people, mm. which is also creepy. Like I said, Very little world building. Like I'm, I'm digging the lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Scope. Want to talk about the news? Let's do it. I'll, I'll start us off here. Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's movie. We're gonna have to see that one in theaters, dude. You and I are gonna be busy. I know. Um, yeah, we're gonna talk about plans later. Um, I think most notable for Oppenheimer is that this is going to be Christopher Nolan's first R-rated movie in over 20 years. And it's going to feature his first sex scene. There you go. Grant, how do you look forward to seeing that at IMAX? <laughs> his first sex scene in 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I don't even know he did an R-rated movie before this, to be honest. Uh, Memento was probably R-rated. It was in the U.S. Before that, Insomniac. Oh, yeah, that's pretty... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's which i've never seen for sure that's what, actually that's you should put that on your list you, you and i were talking a couple weeks ago about you wanted to watch like a thriller something you know something along those lines that that, that would have been a good one actually for that night but you should put you should put that on your watch list that's a good one uh Creepy. i've also never seen memento oh which which one would you say like has priority which one should i watch first mm, you don't memento hasn't been spoiled for you no i mean and you know me too my memory like even if yeah. it has i, I have would no idea s- if if Memento truly is like a you know uh, you're going in blind, then that one first. Insomniac is like just like kind of not like a B movie, but like it's it's like B movie thriller esque. Nice with his vision, it's very cool. It's but it's fun. It's fun. It sounds like Memento is like high level movie. It was like you know and you know it kind of blew people away. It was like yeah. put him on the map, right? So it's yeah. it's a yeah good. Okay, uh, it's a good one. Um, the live action Spider Man Miles Morales movie is in the works at Sony. Uh, and the world is not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I I'm wonder, do you think they keep the MCU, like, partnership going? Or do you think it's a standalone, mm-hmm. not in the MCU? Mm, I don't know. It all depends. Because how does that work? Like, do, uh, does Sony have rights to Miles Morales? Yeah, they have all the Spider-Man rights. All the Spider-Man rights? Yeah, or... Marvel had to do a specific deal to get tom holland and like like the venom movies belong to sony mm. you know what yeah, i mean and much. uh they had to do the, it's the, the any tom holland spider-man movie was a was a specific deal between disney and oh, sony so that's why they own everything outside of it was a sony movie because that's the spider-man build exactly oh, so okay. the question is like do they continue that deal and mm. build in a miles deal uh, is the appetite there for that i don't know there's a whole funny story about like the that project was getting killed mm. and Tom Holland got Bob Iger, the then and now uh, CEO of Disney. Mm. He got his number and called him like almost in tears and was like, can we just work this out? 
Really? Yeah, know. and then Bob Iger just bypassed everybody and called the president of Sony, and they did a deal in, like, an hour. No shit. Yeah, it's, like, one of those funny, like, corporate stories. Hmm. Um, moving on, uh, more universe news. Andy Muschietti? Muschietti? Yeah. Andy Muschietti is uh, slated to direct the next DC Batman movie, so not our bats. This is going to be a new Batman in the DC <laughs> universe, and it's going to—I think it's called the Batman: The Bold and the Brave. It's the James oh, Gunn yes. one yeah, yeah. that he revealed, and it's about him learning Damian to become Wayne. a father with da- yeah, because yeah. Damian Wayne is Robin, who also is his son. Yeah. Okay, so that should be fun. And I—I I didn't know who Andy was, uh, but he's the director of It. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm sure, and which I'm sure is all up your alley, right? It was, yeah. We enjoyed those. Not so much the second one, but the first one was yeah. iconic. Yeah. All right. uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has 96% on Rotten Tomatoes in both categories. So that's, uh, you know, user, or is it audience score? and then Audience and score? critics, yeah. yeah. There's usually a significant disparity in at, at least one way or the other. Um, not a lot. Of, I, I just thought that was very noteworthy. It's getting tens everywhere I'm looking. Yeah, it's between this, it's tied for my most anticipated movie of the year with... Mm-hmm. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, part one. God, wow. I am so stoked. That is so red. What? Yeah, I love Mission Impossible movies. They're what? fantastic. They're so good, dude. I've never Don't seen you... one. Oh my god, Dave. You're fucking with me. No, never seen one. Same with Fast and the Furious. Well, yeah, you can skip that. You don't need to worry about those. Um, Dave, I... Oh my god, I would do anything to do like a two-day <laughs> Mission Impossible <laughs> movie marathon with you. Really? Are they that good? Really? I love them. Truly, truly really? good movies. Yeah, there's not a bad one in the bunch. True. Yeah, like, it's crazy because... Here, we'll, we'll stay on for Did they play them for you at the Scientology church? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and we are flagged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, the first three are like, you know early 2000s like late 90s like you know action classics or whatever mm. but then like it's it was like the first um one of the more recent instances where like there's just like an injection into a movie franchise that blew people out of the water with go- like ghost protocol which is the the fourth one mm-hmm. and from there like they just you know in a similar way to the fast and the furious movies like they just kind of keep you know, there's, like, that one big set piece that, you know, Tom Cruise did himself or whatever. But, like, the stories around them are really good. The one with Henry Cavill. Um, oh, yeah, that's a famous... I, I, I've seen the uh, bathroom scene. Yes. Because... Yeah, yeah. And, and they broke it down on a corridor crew because it was such, like, a big stunt scene and mm-hmm. choreography. Yeah. There. Uh, Fallout? Yeah. Fallout, uh, Mr. Yeah. Fossil Fallout. But, yeah, no, I, I love those movies. Like, I... You know, Tom Cruise is a goof and all that, you know, but, yeah, like, yeah. I I love his movies. And <laughs> I, 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 I loved Maverick. What are you going to do? Yeah, Maverick was good, but I think Mission Impossible will be infinitely better than Maverick. Okay. Yeah. yeah Interesting. All right. Well, no. Leanna will not see that with me, so you're stuck going to see Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, I'm I'm super down. I love yeah, spectacle, yeah. so mm. I'd be I'd be I'd be curious to start from from movie one. Oh, you know what I mean, I want to see so the good, I want to see because it's been going a long time. Yeah, I think the first one was like '98. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, okay, speaking of. Uh, Really good stuff. Let's talk about Vinland Saga. Season Vinland 2. Saga. Season 2, episode 22. There's your spoiler warning. This is a big one, so prepare yourselves. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, I watched this episode before you did. I think you mm. watched it pretty recently. Yeah, very um, fresh. Yeah, so it's fresh for you. So, we'll just start with you. What did you think? <laughs> uh, not the conversation I thought Canute and uh, Thorfinn were going to have. <laughs> very <laughs> how did you, How'd you picture that going? Honestly, it was one of those things that 
I try, I think we had talked about this either last week or the week before. I was trying really hard not to overthink it because I, I was just kind of stumped on where we would go. Because, like, you know, like the yeah. last time we saw the two of them, it was like, you know, the definition of, you know, tumultuous, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, Thor, obviously Thorfinn scarred him. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I didn't know the detail that it was nice in this episode finding out that, like, you know, Canute purposely made Thorfinn a slave. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I like, do you think he like sentenced him to slavery or did he just like let Thorfinn kind of like fall to the wayside and like you know what I mean it could have been like at the very least I think I think at that point of Canute's life you know like he you know freshly the new king and all that or at least Mm -hmm. competing to be you know for the the crown or whatnot um I don't think he would have, like, killed him, you know, because he did have compassion. I think he was more or less probably, like, struck by, like, what had just happened, you know, with Asclad, you know, and mm-hmm. King Swain and all that. He, you know, I bet you he made a conscious decision to, like, like no, like, just, you know, put him into the slave trade or whatever and kind of, like, you know, send him out of here. Like, that'll teach him kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think he was cruel and malicious. As, and it's interesting because this episode kind of, we know what he's been up to over these past four years, but they do a really interesting job at like kind of throwing some varnish over the image they've been kind of showing us of him that he, maybe he isn't as malicious, but I think he's kind of crazy after this. Like I think, you know, his stock kind of just tumbled a bit for me, you know, but uh, yeah, but um, it's, it's, yeah, it's very, very strange. Like I said, it was a fascinating conversation between all of them in, um, in the wise words of Antonio Banderas. Oh. He is a man of vision. Mm. <laughs> no, but Canute kind of is that guy. Like, yeah. It, it's interesting. He, I don't know if I want to call him a zealot, but like, yeah, he's well, been radically changed. I also and forgot we saw that happen to him. How much he, like, viewed god as like you know the, the true patron right because like, i was like the, the whole yeah. thing like he was like you know the priest was a part of like the when he was held hostage and there was yeah. the priest around or i can't remember if it was before he was a hostage or if it was just like the guy that was kind of following him but that is something that kind of slipped under my radar that was kind of like a like a brash reminder of this episode of like oh yeah like he is like a devout follower and all this you know like kind of the killing and the you know the killing of a sibling and you know his father and all that like it it, it kind of you kind of forget like but it's weird, his original right? path you know because it, it's interesting and i'm sure we're gonna get more religion soon because canute's storyline was always tied to religion yeah but when he had that transformation it was also kind of like a if god's not gonna help us then i will do it kind of sure moment. yeah so and then there's thorfinn who He's never said the words he's doing this, like, on behalf of God. But, like, you know, he kind of ran into that Bible. He would listen to Snake read it mm. to the old man. Yeah. And he's kind of become a very Jesus-like figure with the whole, yeah. you know, being hit and forgiving everybody and all that. And, like, there's some great quotes we can talk about. But Yeah, great lines from but Thorfinn. Yeah. they are kind of two sides of the same coin in that their approaches seem kind of based in religion at, mm. or religious ideals. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know, I but I am on the same page. I didn't expect it to go that way. Do you all. think do you think this is now going to be the new overarching theme of the show of yeah, of religion as the forefront because not like not like I think the show is lesser now, but I do, you know, I'm not 
not that like religious stories like don't do anything for me, but like there really has to be like a little more, a little more. And this is again like I, this isn't service level, but it's also not a little more, right? So yeah, it's it's it, it just felt not shoehorned, but it was like they could have done maybe a little more breadcrumbing. Because this whole season has been, like, the patience and, like, you know, like yeah. we've been slowly, gradually working to, like, this, you know, this big, bombastic moments. And all the evidence has been there. And there's only been a couple things with religion. And for it to be, like, such a hammer move in this episode, it would have been nice to kind of, like, see the conviction on both sides a little more. Right. It kind of just feels like last minute, like, aha, yes, this is for God, you know? Yes and no. I mean, I think... it's a, Okay, so, like, to answer your question, do I think it's going to be an overarching theme? I think yes and no. I think that... Mm-hmm. Canute is filled with a, and Thorfinn, are both filled with like, a divine purpose. I don't sure. know if Thorfinn views it that way. He hasn't really mm-hmm. said the words, right? Canute, no. you know, I'll push back a bit on what you said about Canute, only because a lot of his dialogue in season one was about God. Yes. So yeah. him having this transformation and being like, no, no, I am doing this with righteous per- like indignation. I think that's fair from Canute, but it does seem like it comes out of nowhere a little bit because, like, we haven't really had those conversations with him. We, we've we had his inner monologue of him seeing his dead father, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone around him says he's such an incredible guy, but I think this was, like, one of the first times we saw why. Because mm-hmm. he is a man of vision. The whole, like, Thorfinn says it, like, Canute's an incredible man. Like, I've got my work cut out for me. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think... I'm really curious about the finale and yeah. the rest of the show. I don't know how much is left of, based off the manga. I don't mm. know. Is it one more season? Is it none? I, I have no idea. I think it might be quite a bit because, like, there's a lot of vol- I think yeah, the last yeah. time I saw, there was, like, up to, like, 14, 15 volumes. Right. So, yeah, yeah I don't know what to expect. Um, I, I do think we made an early prediction solid, which was, like, it feels like the entire season is going to be mostly about seeing them separately, and then yeah. a conflict at the end, mm. which was accurate. Um, but I, I really don't know where they go from here. Like, I have no idea whatsoever. Because I do think, like, you know, they the way they kind of ended the episode, they made it seem like, you know, oh, yeah, like, they're going to have to fight their way out. I don't think that's, I think that's, like, a, you know, a, like a bait and switch. Like, they, I think both Einar and Thorfinn, at very least, maybe Thorfinn gets to walk away. I have a very sinking suspicion mm-hmm. that Einar's not making it alive. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. Einar had a great moment in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, laying into Canute. I love Which, that. And it, it kind of goes to show, like, Einar by no means is an idiot. No. He's, not, he's not a simpleton either, but it just kind of goes to show that, like, he has no awareness of the force that is in front of him. Like, yeah. like physically, in a singular person... Like, just the command and the control that, like, you know, it's... And, you know, but, like, that's the beauty of Einar, of, like, he feels, you know, he, like, <laughs> he is the character with the most heart, and he has been yeah. since his, you know, his entrance in the show. He's um, honest. He, he yeah. There's, like, a naivete to him. Like, he yes. doesn't... He's not really reading the room, but, no. like, you're kind of glad that he's not, right? Because he's yeah. saying the things that... You know what I mean? It's, like... All season long, we've watched these two slaves get treated so unfairly. And it's like, they finally have the ability to shoot their shot. Mm. You know what I mean? And Thorfinn wants to handle it diplomatically. And he's quite literally willing to, like, walk through fire to have this conversation. 
And it's like, now that you're finally here, it's like he wants to play his hand very carefully. And you mm. understand that. But there's yeah. the other angle of like, hey, no, fucking let's let loose. Like, let's tell him what we really think. And Einer's kind of there for that purpose. But yeah, at the same time, yeah, like behaving that way would not be shocking whatsoever if Einer catches one on the way out here. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I kind of like where I'm at with the season right now because, you know, there is only two episodes left. Hmm. the you know the scene we kind of wanted out of the way and like what is coming next is it's truly unknown and mm-hmm. i'm just like you know like you, you can kind of call this conversation like th- these were the things that we all were kind of hoping and looking forward to and you know some of them came true some of them didn't but what what comes next is truly like we have no idea and yeah. i think that's the most exciting uh, part <laughs> speaking, of this show so far <laughs> so speaking of which um they use thorfinn's last name in this yeah and we've seen it before i just got i was confused by it and i hadn't read it in a while so i googled it and i i saw a comment on reddit and this is true this is cool i knew there was some historical context for Mm. the show and someone said um when canute commanded the waves to stop Mm. that's historically accurate um it wasn't necessarily canute but it was like a viking king at some point around this point in history had like a whole point that he made about like i'm a king but i can't do something like this and there's a moment where he commands the wave to stop and yeah nothing happens so that's historically accurate but it unfortunately led me down a bit of a rabbit hole of spoiler territory where a lot of these characters are real people including thorfinn his father leaf yeah canute and like some of the how these characters journeys end up i kind of read and it's like you know the anime is definitely not 100 percent historically accurate right sure it's like you know, they're taking liberties, right? Yeah, Both yeah. with dates and times and characters and places and all that. But, like, a couple main characters, like, it was like, oh, no. Like, I may have read oh. the ending a little bit inadvertently. <laughs> Whoops. But, yeah. um, yeah, I don't As far as how much time is left, I have no idea. I think my favorite part is, and I'm curious about yours, is, like, there's at least two or three lines in here that are huge callbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a true warrior. I can't mm. remember who says that to him. I think it's either Snake or Canute, or I don't think it's the guy who beat his face in a hundred times. By the Is way, it, how about Thorfinn yeah. rolling with the punches? Yeah, man. Like that literally boxing, old school boxing. Yeah, fucking, <laughs> just rolling. Um. The, so the thing, the the true because was that not a line? from thor's to thorfinn of like the you know the goal to be a true warrior is like kind of is to do this yes more or less yeah he um thor's said it to askeladd oh a true warrior doesn't need a sword Mm. and then askeladd had this whole like what does it mean to be a true warrior Mm. right and there was this whole thing about it through season one and torkel wanted to know Mm. that as well because thor's also said it to him in a fight Oh, he's been pondering it ever since. Yeah, yeah and he's trying oh, to figure when, out... Oh, right when Thor's escapes. Yeah. Yes, and I think that the meaning being, and I think, you know, we could have figured this out back in season one as well, is that sure. he was able to solve conflict without violence. Mm. And Thor and uh, Thorfinn kind of did that in this moment. I mean, at least he didn't participate in the violence, right? Sure. Um, and then I think the other one, it's like the close-up shot. I think it's like the peak. Maybe my favorite sh- moment of the episode is the... And maybe the season is the I have no enemies moment. Yeah. Because that's, I don't know if it's episode one, but it's very mm. early season one. 
this beautiful shot of Thor's kneeling down saying, there's no one in the world you need to hurt. Mm. You have no enemies. And it's what his dad said to him however many years ago. And then he says that to Canute. Or no, does he say it to Canute or does he say it to... Uh, he says it to Wolf. He says it to Wolf, yeah. yeah. After everything had happened. Yeah. That was pretty great, man. Unreal. I do love the line. You know, you had kind of touched on it uh, a couple times earlier, but, you know, after... You know, when Wolf is more or less, you know, kind of talking to him, like, you know, why, you know, why is this the route you take? You know, if you were like a former guard or whatnot. Mm. And the line of, you know, how can I throw a punch when I'm here to talk peace? And I was just like, that is potent, you know? It's... And like, it's just the right amount of like, on the nose and this and that. It was, yeah, I really like There was that. also such a good moment of like Snake being like, if we could have solved this peacefully, diplomatically, we would have. Yeah. And he's like, really, though? Like, how <laughs> yeah. hard did you try? And it's like, you didn't yeah. try at all, dude. Like, yeah. the dude made up his mind. Everyone's like, okay, guess we're going to war. Mm. Um, that was a good moment. I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, I will say, and this isn't like me um, throwing shade, but every week Demon Slayer does give us a cliffhanger. And I think yeah. this is how you do a cliffhanger. Like, this yes. is infinitely yeah. better. It gets old if you do it week after week, right? You need to build sure. tension properly so that when it matters and you cut at the last second, you have people jumping out of their couches going, no, oh, no, you know what mm. I mean? If you do it every week, it just doesn't work. But I think the the last, one of the last lines of the episode is, what will you do, Thorfinn? Mm. You you won't stop me unless you can kill me here. And they're surrounded by Canute's forces. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the bait and switch. Like, that, I don't think, whether violence kicks off, I don't think, Thorfinn takes apart. I think he's truly trying mm. to stick to his conviction, but I think uh, I think Einar might take those words to heart and try something. Yeah, I can see that because, like we just said a minute ago, like he is kind of the. I don't want to say he's barking mad, but he's yeah, so he's upset. You know, doesn't he's like always emotionally distraught, and he's not as calculated or as experienced as Thorfinn at this point. No. Um. So yeah, maybe maybe uh, Einar on the uh, death bingo card. The other thing I could see is if it comes to like, you know, like a momentary scene of violence, they've really set up, they did a good job in this episode setting up Olmar to speak up at some point. You know, Cause oh, yeah. he was so, he was so moved by, you know, Thorfinn's act and you know, the, you know, the, the things Einar had to say and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I, I, I can't see it going that way as well. Yeah. But he's there for a reason, you know, like not to like you know meta you know meta game the episode or whatever but the the pieces are all there for a specific reason and it'd be weird not to have them you know try yeah. and do the thing so you know what else was cool was um i, I like that they took a moment to do this just like pay tribute to all the season one history is when thorfinn and and canute meet in the middle and they start talking about hey sorry about this sorry about your face yeah. is everybody like adding up oh shit like he's the one who caught him <laughs> Yeah, Wait, that this was is Thorfinn, cool. who's was supposed to be a match for Thorkel. Yeah, so like, small, so young. Yeah, that's that was, that was a really good line. Yeah, yeah he's that dude. Yeah, he's been a slave this whole time. It's like, yeah, dude, I'm that dude. Um, yeah. Unreal. What do you think? Is that about it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. God, I'm so excited for the penultimate and for the finale. And I need to. I need to know. Will there be a season three? God, I hope. I hope it's not as big of a delay. What was it? Three years? Two and a half? uh between season yeah. one and two because what uh 2018 is when it originally aired. oh my god that's nuts because we watched it it was pre-covid when leanna and i watched it so that's um, nuts yeah so yeah maybe four four plus years 
Man, that's nuts. Damn. There was something, I know there was like something about a studio, production issues, whatever, whatever. It seems to be the thing these days, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to episode uh, next week and the finale. Yes, yeah, sir. All right. Killer episode. Okay. okay. Heavenly Delusion. Heavenly How Delusion. Good? <laughs> How good is Heavenly Delusion, Dave? I cannot believe I took I took a break on this show. <laughs> Dude, it was, I'm telling you, we got to do a super cut of every week. Oh, I guess we aren't recording. I'm like, Heavenly Delusion, you watch that? And you're like, no. I'm like, okay. No. <laughs> Grant's just silently not watching the best show on air right now, but that's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Dave? It's high that's, level. that's not even hyperbole. That's like a true statement. It, I I don't think there's anything yeah. on right now. Well, okay, that's. Uh, it's hard to compare it directly against Demon Slayer of Inland Saga, but like they're very different things. But I think yeah, I think you know you and I like fantasy, and you know we like, but I think you and I are like real sci-fi heads, like. Yeah. You know, and I think Sunny Boy changed us, and this is the closest I felt to Sunny Boy since it was airing, in yeah. in, in a weird way. Um, yeah, it's close to that, but it's also, it also gives me Vivi Florite vibes, it gives it me does. summertime rendering vibes, like, I think, yeah, I think, I think yeah. narrative and tone, it's more similar to summertime rendering, but I, I think back to, like, kind of like just the obscurity of Sunny Boy is it's it kind of settles sure. into a nice little lane. Oh, that's a good it's point. Com- it's comfortable with itself there. Yeah. Like it's not trying too hard. It's just kind of like this is who I am or this is what I am, you know. And that's like a big theme of Heavenly Delusion, you know. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really digging it. I have to say, um, the scene with the what are the, what are the villains called? The man man eaters? man eaters, or he also calls them Hiruko, which Hiruko. can get confusing because the girl he's with is named Kiruko. Mm, yes. And I only caught on to that a couple weeks back. But yeah, Maneaters slash Hiroko. So the I think it's the most recent episode with the ice one. Yes, the child. They did not need to go, like, <laughs> the animation of the ice slowly collecting on them. And, mm. you know, the ice particles in the air kind of, you know, slowly, like, working around their body. Like, some, probably one of my all-time favorite an- animated scenes was just very yeah. real within the style of the show on top of it. it was just very very cool amazing animation yeah. uh amazing voice acting mm-hmm. direction everything about that scene i totally agree was awesome this is like maybe a high for me of the season so far and i also want to say about the animation like they are experimenting dude like mm-hmm. they're innovating they are messing around they creative like for creative reasons they go to like three they experiment with like three or four different styles of animation in this mm-hmm. episode like, they're fucking around over there. Uh, what? Who did you say does this? Uh, production IG. Dude. You know what I mean? Like, we're just talking about being, like, kind of whelmed by stuff yeah. lately. Yeah. Every week, I'm like, what are they going to do now? Like, they, mm-hmm. they always do something. They, they're either playing with the camera or doing an effect or I don't know what it is, but this show looks fantastic. And it just happens to be centered around a story that is just so fun and uh, so I... mysterious. I beg of people, um, it sucks, but, like, you got to get a Disney Plus, or, or Sailor Seas, whatever you got to do, but, like, it's it's in Disney jail right now, and, like, yeah. I think a lot of people are missing out on the show. Yeah, big um, time. Like, you know, every week there, you see, like, on Saturdays, you see the thread, and there's not a lot of comments in that thread. Yeah, it's like, yeah. everyone in there is like, how is no one aware of this? And it's, it's, uh, so, it's so, so good. similar to the summertime rendering thing, right? Like, it's gonna, whenever it hits, it's going to explode people's heads, I think, but... Um, Man, how so? We don't have to get into theories and all that, but I just mm-hmm. want to talk about how dark was the ending. Uh, the Chichi? Con, 
Jordy Cheese's name. Okay, yeah. I was gonna. So he was one of the quote breeding pigs. Yeah, from the previous episode, and it was supposed to be a gag. That's and it wasn't. Thing. It was supposed to be they, a gag. They didn't bike us out. What the? No, unreal. They kind of retconned because didn't they rub his tattoo off? But it was on his arm. Yeah. They rubbed it off on the arm, and then he actually had one on his shoulder, which is a weird choice. But yeah, did, did you also think you missed an episode when you started it? Yeah. I went back, I was like, oh my god, Like, why are they just with him again? I thought he was gone. <laughs> so I, I went back and I was like, looking for the show. I was like, no, this is the episode, I guess. Yeah, it was very, was your... very weird opener, but Peculiar. it picks up itself. Um, him killing the other, I mean, he literally called, like, number nine. Yeah. Um, Fucking ratting on him. It's crazy that he remembered the voice. He knew who it was. Yeah. That was so fucked. That was, uh, <laughs> that was disturbing. And then he leaves with his son. Yeah. And they, they also say, they're like, hey, I hope you figure that out with the kid. Like, the kid doesn't fucking freeze you to death one night. Yeah, that was, they kind of, that was a little confusing. I'm, again, there is, I don't know if it's, like, poor subbing for the show yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you never know. But really. I do feel like there's always a couple of details I'm missing at the end of every episode. Yeah. Um, the big one being, like, why was, uh, the, you know, is the child a man-eater? But they did set up the theory that, you know, contact or, like, if you are a man-eater and, you know, you you know you know reproduce like it kind of gets passed on more or less yeah so you know if they were man eaters because they hint that the the mothers were uh was that the man eater because they had the same uh charm on their leg or foot or something like that yeah but yeah that was just very disturbing and like them trying to run away and like using trying to use space like oh we figured it out we're away and then oh yeah dude loved it loved it the um but even then, like the 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 episode before the the one with the uh, the freaking uh, the the anti tech church and the people you know supposedly committing the doctor supposedly committing like atrocities, turning people into like robots and all that. Oh my god! That was I think that's my favorite episode of the season oh, so far. Oh, and helping yeah that woman commit suicide. Yeah, I want to see this guy. Euth- euthanasia. Oh, god. And then suicide at the end. Yeah. Like, I, put, I, I think know. I put that on our Instagram, actually. Like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't heavy, put heavy. the suicide. I just put a frame. of like, yeah, yeah. a cool shot. But, like, my God, dude. Yeah, this show's taking swings, man. It, yeah. You know what pisses me off, like, reliably is, like, like the same show that's doing, like, telling that short story about, mm. like, forced fertility and then suicide and euthanasia is also doing, like, boob grab jokes. Yeah. In the first five minutes. It's like, yo, you don't, need, <laughs> you don't need to do this. Like, no, I know. I don't know if it's a, like, you feel like you're going to lose the fans if you don't. But, like, the hot take that isn't that hot is, like, if you're going to lose the fans if you don't do that, like, you, you don't, probably don't need those people. Like, sure. you're telling a pretty legit story here. Don't, a very adult story. Yeah, don't you know? lower yourself to something so silly. Yeah. And so how, how do you feel? Because I think, you know, again, if anyone's listening... Spoilers, I guess. You've been talking about a lot of things, but I think it's more or less confirmed that this two stories... Or have you seen the theory about um, the the doctor that just... You know, the doctor that killed himself? No. So the theory is everyone... And I, I there seems to be some good credence, like points that have been pointing it out, but the, the walled children story arc, or like the lab or whatever, um, that's in the past... And the doctor is um, one of the characters. Like, like they've all grown up. Like, they think the girl... You know the girl that could climb? 
or she sees like the the Asura's ghost in the sky. Oh yeah. She is the girl that was euthanized. Oh my god. And like the dude that she was in love with is the doctor. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Or you're the doctor was so, like, I can't yeah. remember who, but like essentially so Oh you know, god, that's awful. So what's his name? Uh I'm blanking on the main character's name. Maru. The dude. Maru. His mom is uh the girl that's pregnant right now. The one that oh looks just god. like Oh my god. Yeah, that's the theory. So wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are fantastic theories. I, so I, you know, I've, I've been operating under the, it's either concurrent mm-hmm. or the, yeah, the walled uh, storyline is probably in the past. But mm-hmm. I was not connecting, like, who's who and all that. So that's interesting. It's yeah. a fun show, dude. Very if, fun if that, show. Yeah, if it, it ends up being, like, a, a timeline thing, mm-hmm. I, I think this show bears a rewatch or uh, for me at some point. I will most certainly probably binge. I'm probably gonna rewatch the first five in preparation of the finale. When's the? It's thirteen, right? I believe it's thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, I might do the same, dude. Yeah. Just because that was the ones like that was not up on. Just you know, I caught up recently. I'm all fresh with this stuff, and you know, I'm sure there's a lot of Easter eggs in those first few episodes that probably worth going back and looking for. Yeah. Okay. Um. God. I'm glad. I'm glad you're digging it, dude. I'm oh, glad you're caught I'm up. I'm so glad I'm back. I'm so. Glad. I was watching it. I was, you know, like enjoying myself, you know, uh, on my holidays there. I'm like, all right, let's let's jump into Heavenly Delusion because that was the one I was unsure of. Like of the four four shows I wanted to catch up on, I was like, yeah, let's just get Heavenly Delusion out of the way. Maybe you know, see what Dave's talking about. And I was just like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I um, it's funny. It's so picturesque. The animation quality, all that. It's so good. So many of the shots on our Instagram are from that show. It's it's beautiful. Um, okay, do you want to briefly talk? Do we have some time to talk about Gundam? Yeah, we do. All right. Yeah. So, for I think for the listeners' point of view, or not point of view, the historical context is that I watched two or three of these, loved the pilot, and then I kind of hung it up. I wasn't down with the kind of the high school stuff. Mm. Grant kept going, and mm. what has happened? Oh, dude, so... You know, I had, at the end of the last season, I had, I had kind of, you know, I think we talked about it on the podcast. This was probably the last time I talked about Gundam in, uh, in length, was, you know, there was just something missing with the season or the show so far. I was like, you know, because I've watched a few Gundam shows in the past, and I, mm-hmm. you know, historically know the types of stories they tell. A lot of, you know, like war atrocities and, you know, child soldiers and, you know, the you know brainwashing and all this kind of thing. You know, the machinations of war. Yeah. On a space level. And, you know, it, it never occurred to me that, like, you know, that was what was missing from the show. It was just like, oh, this is, like, kind of, like, a different thing they're doing. And then the finale literally came crashing down of, like, haha, gotcha. You guys thought we didn't know what the show was about. And, like, they just kind of, like, unloaded galactic conflict. And, like, everything that was, like, bubbling underneath. And there was, like, slow hints that it was, like, getting to it. And then in episode 12, it was just, like, boom, Gundam's here, bitch. And this so weird. season is just the most, you know, not true. It's, it's a very traditional story of Gundam and Dave, it is so up your alley. Like same cast, the same cast. Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, what do you, how do you explain just, this? Like why that's such, so, is it not a weird choice? No, it's to not do a weird like choice. a high school show for 10 episodes and then be like, all right, now space politics. No. So the space, that's the thing too. Like they did a really good job showing that like tensions were were very high more than like we were being led on like the background politics yeah and this school is kind of like a middle ground across the galaxy 
and it's it's because there's peace at this time like earth and the earth factions and the space factions are like there's like a sta- like a sta- um like a truce more or less mm. you know like there's some couple things here and there but like you know more or less everything's good earth students are going to school it's a big part of the first season like there's kind of the earth class that are kind of you know picked on or whatever and suleta becomes a part of them and whatnot but the events that like kind of kick off in episode 11 essentially truces are being broken and war is being reincited again by you know and i won't you know get into who kind of threw the first stone kind of thing but Mm. one of the sides did and everything that had been kind of you know held together for all these years in the lore of the world just came crashing down it's just like all right wartime let's get you know let's get it going new stakes new stakes and but like that's the thing too there's some really there's like some key words i want to say to you that would draw you in but they were such excellent or excellent and surprising reveals of like oh "Oh, so that's what they're doing and then you know like they're really playing with AI in this, which is very relevant right now, you know, because yeah. that's a big thing. We knew in this setting, the Gundams aren't the same as regular mobile suits. The Gundams themselves are like AI powered. Yes. I remember and that, like they yeah. were banned for that reason. And yeah. so the AI thing has become much more, you know, uh, prevalent in the second part of the season or in season two. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, there's cloning and there's, you know, like, brain, you know, significant uses of uh, brainwashing within the main cast and like, you know, Imperial, you know, you know, terrorist factions and like, you know, who is the good guy? Who's the bad guy? And they do. And in the second part, it's it's so hard to tell that all of this is taking place at a school and these are children and like they're so conflicted because of like where they come from and like, you know, they are you know, they are good people, but, like, they're from Earth, so, like, they're naturally bad, and this and that, and, like, there's people that are also from Earth that don't see it that way. They're like, no, like, they are pushing the weight, you know, they are putting all this weight on us for no reason, because they just want to be bigger, or whatever. It's, Dave, it is such a good show, and it has none of the shit that you hate. Like, there's none of the overtly fanservice-y stuff. It's, Mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to tell, they do a really good job of showing that, like, these are kids, and they don't really know how to get their feelings across sometimes, at the same time, like, they're part of these big galactic political families who, like, they are trained from a young age to, like, you know, play mind games and get what they want and, you know, compete with this person and that person. It's, Dave, it is so good. Hmm. It is so good. And, again, all the Gundam fights, it's all hand-drawn animation. No CG bullshit. You know, the there's a couple, like, Ariel herself, like, you know, the Gundam. There's a couple fight scenes in this, you know, when it's you know, main characters, like, you know, their mobile suits have, like, clear more definition in them and all that. They're more better, you know, they're more accurately drawn and all that. And it is is just jaw-dropping, some of the stuff they do. Like, it's... Yeah, dude. I So, I think, if I remember correctly, you said, like, the season one closer was particularly strong. Yeah, and it, like, kind of goes back to the strongest. The episodes 11 and 12 of season one are the strongest by far. And it kicks off the like the historical Gundam roots all the way through season two. Yeah. And is season two done? Uh, no, it's uh, episode eight just aired. There's a okay. Four left, so you're four left, saying yeah. like end of season one to all of season two is like pretty great. Uh, like very very good. Yeah. It's so I got to power through season one. Is what you're saying? And I think by episode five, it won't be powering through anymore because the political stuff starts kind of popping up, and you know yeah. the they get into. The, you know, like, um, I think one of the, when I was texting you this weekend, I was saying, like, Shadow Cabals, 
that's when that starts kind of kicking in like all sure. the like the really greasy political stuff behind the scenes starts becoming like open you know like the fans can see it kind of taking place and you know but the characters obviously don't know what's going on but uh yeah man i don't know i uh, dave i would be shocked if you didn't enjoy it genuinely right. like I, well, you I were think throwing around, yeah. you were saying, like, 86-ish almost, like, some spacey yeah. neon stuff, so, so, I mean... again, like, and that's, the, like, the neon stuff, and, like, I think 86, my reference is more, like, kind of what they're doing with AI, because that sure. was, like, a big part of 86. Yeah. Um, and there was, like, a more serious note to 86, and this show done, has by that. the way? We don't know. We don't know what's what's going on with 86. Interesting. Okay, yeah. sorry, go It's an ongoing series, so okay. there could be more adaptations at some point okay. for another season, but... Um, yeah, dude, I would be shocked if you did not enjoy your time with Gundam. I right. caught up. At, at very least, like, episode 12, you're just gonna be like, whoa. Well, I'll give <laughs> it a, no, I'll give it a, I'll yeah. give it a spin. I, I don't know yeah. when, but I'll put it on the list. I think Probably it'll... sooner rather than later. It'd be mm-hmm. good to get it out, take, take it for a spin, maybe before things like Moshuko and, mm-hmm. uh, Jujutsu Kaisen come back, which are very both soon. next month. Yeah, boy. Okay. Well, I think that, that's, that's a, that's a good place to end it. What do you think? I think so. Okay. What uh, what a fun episode! I'm glad we're back. I, yeah. I, I feel like I keep saying we're back, but it's like I'm just I'm glad May is over. That shit was a nightmare. <laughs> um, okay, thank you for listening. Uh, check out the podcast Instagram at Part Time Otaku Podcast, and uh, thanks again to the Comic Book sh- Shop. Shouts out to them for their continued support. Support you can find them at Comic Book Shop Bank on Instagram, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye guys. Or Grant, you can go ahead and say the thing. Sorry about that. Bye guys. I don't know what the hell just happened. I'm not we're not re we're not we're not re-recording that. We're keeping it raw. Monday energy at its finest. Oh yeah, see? Well now they'll know. Bye guys. You say cheers. 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 <laughs>